So we are in week two of vision casting. And we didn't come by this vision easily. My, my conviction as a lead pastor, I, I know I'm young. This is my seventh year as a lead pastor. But in every church that I've been at, there's been a part of me that has recognized that if the vision is only mine, it will only go so far. So I need you to know that your staff journeyed together to seek the Lord. With the prayer support of the board and kind of bringing the board along for the ride, we've been seeking the Lord for the last six months for who he would want us to become and kind of where we would be heading together. So praying and seeking God. And we got to this place where we were like, now that we know who God wants us to become as the people of God at BCC, then what steps do we have to take as a church to become that? What must we do as the people of God to become what God has called us to become? It would be such a shame if we just attended church our whole lives and our world wasn't different because of it. Amen? That would just be devastating in so many ways. And so we aim at BCC to be very intentional with our time together so I feel like we're answering these three questions as we think about vision casting. Where are we going together? Who are we becoming together? And how are we going to get there together? Last week, two weeks ago, week one of vision casting, whenever it was, <laughs> we looked at the Exodus narrative and that storyline of God setting the people free from Egyptian slavery, and we use this narrative to kind of lay a foundation for the journey of faith that we are all on together. And it's, it's interesting, we see the story in Exodus, but if you really look throughout all of scripture, it's a pattern that God follows consistently with humanity. It's God's deliverance plan, if you will. It's the journey of people following after the heart of God. So I'm going to read a small portion of that again. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, and lots of other places today. So everything will be on the screen for you. And I'm so sorry, I forgot to do this. Shara, do you know how to make that, this back there? If not, I can turn like this. That's okay, too. You guys can. I don't know that that's a great, great view. But Exodus 6, verses 6 and 7. You might be wondering, why can't you just turn in your Bible? Well, I can, but it's a different translation on the screen. But we'll do it anyways. Ready? Hear the word of our Lord. Therefore, say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. And I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. Verse 7 says this. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians, the word of our Lord. You see, as I said, I, I think we see this 
pattern in Scripture throughout the Old and the New Testament for how God moves with the people of God. And this is a review for everybody who was here week one. But we tend to see something like this, rescue, freedom, and redemption. This pattern, you might be thinking, is also like the pattern we see in our own lives as we journey with Jesus. Salvation, transformation, and purpose. And so as a church, as as a leadership team, we decided it only makes sense to, to shape our church lives around this deliverance plan that God has had for centuries with the people of God. So let me show you the vision as we've already said earlier on the next slide, maybe. You can see it on the wall, too. At BCC, we are on a journey together, helping one another encounter God, journey deeper, and make an impact. (coughs) It's those three things, those three moves of God that at BCC we hope to be fostering and facilitating in a really intentional way. And so how many of you know you guys are really smart people? You can't accomplish nothing. That was good English. You can't accomplish nothing without a plan. Amen? And so we got one. We got some strategy, okay? So if you turn your sermon notes over, I really am like leaning into humor to keep myself from crying. You know what I'm saying? That's how we roll on days like today. So if you turn it over, you'll notice our, our vision framework. With each element of our vision, there's a strategy, and then there's action steps that we invite you into. Last week, we talked all about that first piece, two weeks ago, Encounter God. And our strategy, while we hope that you are encountering the living God every moment of every day of your life, Our intentional strategy is to make sure that our weekend worship gathering fosters God encounters. And so if I can recap quickly, encounter God, we leaned into one of the first I will statements in that Exodus narrative in verse 6. God says, I will bring you out. Aren't you thankful that at some point in your journey, God brought you out? He met you in your brokenness and compelled you into his story and out of your own story of loneliness and brokenness. And so last week we talked about how every journey of faith begins and continues with God encounters. When we say it begins, we're marveled by the way that God first moves towards us. God, through Jesus, sending his son to live and die and be risen from the dead on our behalf. That's where all of our story begins. And so we declare that week one that, that we believe our worship gatherings should be a place where people begin to follow Jesus as they encounter God with us. Y'all, we want people saved through the ministry of BCC. Like we want them to encounter the living God and say yes to King Jesus for the rest of their life because they have been with us. Amen? I I shared last week that one of our uh, thoughts and intentions is that our vision serves as a helpful tool for you to share your story. Last week, I gave you a demonstration of me sharing my faith journey using the vision. 
But let me show you how you can use the vision to share with somebody even a more specific testimony of how God moves. Man, I can get real legit about what's happening right now in my life. Hey, Pastor Jenny, how are you handling the loss of your friend? I'm worried about you. Huh, well, it's really hard. But you know, every day, I continue to encounter the living God. And that makes all the difference. And as I journey deeper in my faith, I know that nothing will make sense of death, and it's always going to hurt. But as I journey deeper in my faith, the peace of God fortifies me to continue to move forward on the faithfulness of God. And you know what? Now I just know that it would really honor that person in the heart of God if I will continue on making an impact in this world, bringing God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? And so our hope is that as we lean into this vision, that it becomes a part of who you are so that now you have a simple storyline when somebody notices God at work in your life, you kind of have this mental framework to how to explain what God is doing. So hopefully it's a helpful tool in that way. So we said we believe every journey of faith begins and continues. So what do we mean by that continues? So, well, as we said in week one, we believe our worship gathering should be a place where people encounter God on a regular basis. That we don't just gather. That's why I say this isn't just a social gathering, right? If the living God isn't here, this is just a social gathering. But because we believe the spirit of the living God is among us, this becomes a sacred gathering where God-sized things happen. And so we have this conviction that if I will prepare my heart to be in the presence of God with the people of God, I will encounter the living God every time we come together. And so as a team, we're hoping to foster that. Now that as a, as a pastoral team, when we meet weekly to plan our services, planning our gatherings, now we're asking ourselves this question, how do we facilitate How do we create an environment where it's normal and natural to encounter the living God? Through our worship, through our prayer, through the Lord's Supper, through the fellowship that happens, and of course, through the living word of God. So if you haven't already, my prayer is that you encounter the living God today, and you're different as a result. Amen? So the second part of our vision, we're going to revisit that vision statement a ton. So we said here at BCC, we're a people on a journey together, helping one another encounter God. And the second one is journey deeper. Now, spoiler alert, this is the singular topic. I get excited about a lot of things about Jesus, but literally nothing tops this topic. I like cannot control myself when I talk about the concept that we're going to talk about today because there is so much hope in the message of the kingdom of God. And so literally this part of who we are, what we're going to talk about today is why I became a Nazarene. Now, we don't talk a lot about the fact that we're a church the Nazarene, but we are, and I love our denomination, and I believe in what we believe, 
And this, this element of seeking God and the transformation that God has, this is why I'm a Nazarene today. And so I, I had to pick an outfit that matched my enthusiasm. So I just went for color to replicate the joy in my heart. So we're talking about this second movement of God, this second step in the journey for lack of better language. So we're going to go back to Exodus chapter 6 again and look at the next I will statement. And if you see it there, I highlighted it in green because it goes with journey deeper. You see what we did there? You got it? Okay. And it says, I will free you from being slaves. I will free you from being slaves. Now let's recap a little bit. The people of God at this point were very literally slaves to the Egyptian Pharaoh. But they were also slaves to sin like we can often be today. And you see, God has always been about setting his people free from bondage. And so today, most of us cannot relate to the people of God in the story and the fact that we are no longer literally slaves, but every single one of us can relate to the fact that we, were, we are always at a risk of being enslaved to sin. Somebody testify, right? And I just am here to tell you this. This is in your notes if you're following along. The good news of the gospel is not only the hope of heaven. And y'all, that is good news. But listen, the good news of the gospel is the hope of the here and now also. Let me say that again. The hope of the good news that King Jesus lived, died, and rose from the dead is not only about our escape plan to heaven. The good news that Jesus came, died, rose again is hope for us right here in the here and now. So we're going to unpack that. As we journey deeper with Jesus, we have the opportunity to unleash this hope of the here and now in our lives. Now, we're going to read a ton of scripture. It's all on the screen, but would you follow along with me as I explain what I mean? Let's go to Paul's words in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. This is a theme that we see throughout scripture. We're going to read verses 16 through 18. Hear the word of the Lord. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, when they encounter God for the first time, The veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, church, there is freedom. Verse 18. So all of us who have had the veil removed, if King Jesus is your Lord, this is you. All of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. The word of our gracious Lord. Let's use scripture to say it 
another way. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 16 through 18, and let's see if we see similar concepts. Paul said this, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. In verse 18, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Let's see if scripture can say it another way. How about we go to Romans 6 verses 5 through 11. Paul said this, Since we have been united with Christ in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. Some of us, you know, died, were baptized, and we never got raised to life. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Go back to Exodus. He says, I will free you from being slaves. He's been setting people free from the beginning. If we continue on, for when we died with Christ, that's the imagery of baptism, right? Dead to sin, alive in Christ. We were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. Verse 9, we are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead, and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So, all that, did you hear all that? So, you also, raise your hand if that's you, that's me, you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Come on. That's the word of the Lord. I don't know, maybe scripture will say it another way. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 through 3 says this. We don't know who wrote Hebrews. Somebody did and it's good. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. What's that mean? Well, since a number have gone before us and have faithfully lived a life of faith, and they now are watching us saying, we did it through the power of Jesus, you can too. Since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set 
before us. We do this, church, by keeping our eyes on Jesus. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. I love that. Because the the scriptures encourage us, if you go back to verse 1, not just to get rid of sin. Did you catch that? It says anything that's weighing you down and keeping you from obediently following the way of Jesus, even if it's a good thing, get rid of it and choose God's best for your life as you journey. I don't know, there might be one more place or like a bazillion more, but we're going to go to one more. And we're going to go to the words of our good shepherd in John chapter 10. And we're jumping around a few different places here. I love John chapter 10. Hear the word of our Lord. When he has brought out all of his own, this is Jesus referring to himself as the shepherd that gathers his sheep. He goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. We're going to jump to verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come, Jesus said, that they may have life and have it to the full. Verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. Why? Because they journey deeper. Always. Just as the Father knows me and I know my Father. That's what Jesus believed was possible for us. That we could have a knowledge of God just like the Father and Jesus know one another. That's nuts. He says, and I lay down my life for the sheep. The word of our Lord You see, church, the point is, as we journey deeper together, as we really intentionally lean into the shaping and forming of the people of God, as we journey together, the whole point is that we're learning the shepherd's voice. And together we are figuring out how to discern, how to be obedient to that voice together. Let me give you an example. Who here has been to Silver Dollar City? Let me paint a picture for you. Let's say it is December 24th. The Christmas lights are popping. And you decided today was a good day to go. And you got your family, right? I personally love Silver Dollar City. You got your family, and someone gets away. Let's pretend that it's me for a second. I'm lost by powder keg. And the crowd is so thick, I can't find nobody. The reality is, anybody in that crowd could be saying, Jenny, Jenny. And in the midst of it, 
it wouldn't matter. I wouldn't be able to hear them, and it would mean nothing. But if Galen Wayne Dixon, Jenny Danielle Hall's dad, starts yelling, Jenny! It's a voice that I recognize. And instantly, over the noise of the crowd, that one voice, because it's a voice I've heard my entire life say, my first, middle, and last name, <laughs> it's going to cut through the noise so that I can hear it. Oh, church, this is why we journey deeper. Because the whole point is that as we journey deeper in God's word, we learn the voice of God. We become those sheep who know the shepherd's voice and do not listen to anybody other than the shepherd. And in the midst of all the noise, God speaks and we hear that voice above all the others because it's our father who's our shepherd and it's a voice that we know. But the problem is, we miss this step. We forget about the journey of journeying deeper, and we never learn the Father's voice. So over it all, he's trying to say our name. He's trying to say, oh, that's not quite right. This is my way. Come on. This is my best for you. But we, we can't hear it because we don't know his voice. Gets lost in the crowd. And so church, as we journey deeper together, we are together learning to hear the voice of the shepherd, and we're practicing what it's like to hear that voice, and then we're problem solving. What does it look like to apply this ancient text to 2024? Do you need that? I need that, and I need you in the journey with me. May we learn his voice and know it well. So lots of verses that summarize this whole heart behind the concept of journeying deeper. But if I could summarize it this way, this is what I would say. As we journey deeper in our faith together, God is setting us free from that which weighs us down. And he is setting us up to live God's best for our lives. God is setting us free from that which weighs us down, and he is setting us up to live God's best for our lives. Now, I just feel really like it's important to throw in a little caveat right here. Well, not even a caveat. There's not a caveat. Like a caution. It can be real easy to hear that and, and think that I am like a name it, claim it, if you just give your life to Jesus, everything is going to be sunshine and roses. That is not what I am saying. The way of Jesus is the way of suffering. There's hardship. There's challenges. But if we can figure out the way to live God's best, we get to journey through all of that with the hope and peace and joy of Christ. Not perfect, not without pain, but not alone and without hope. Amen? So, church, everything we do as the people of God should be discipling us, should be helping us journey deeper, but let's talk strategy real quick. How about that? We have a strategy. We're going to go back to our uh, framework. If you look at 
the Journey Deeper line, you'll see that we have a, three elements to the Journey Deeper part of our vision. Let me unpack those for you. This is our intentional discipleship plan. This is us thinking, how can we become the people God has designed us to be, and how can we do that together? And so our strategy to help one another journey deeper together involves three things. The first is kickstart. If you've been around, that's language that you're familiar with. It'll be adjusted a little bit to match the vision. But this kickstart is meant to help kickstart your journey with us. Don't you love some good branding? Kickstart your journey with BCC. But really, that's what it's meant to do. So the hope is that everybody who calls BCC home will go through Kickstart. Even if you've been through church membership in the past, we would love for you to go through it again, should you so choose. But the whole point is Kickstart is a three-session course that walks you through the vision at BCC. And the goal is to learn about God, learn about BCC and the Church of the Nazarene, but also to learn about yourself One of the elements of Kickstart is that we do some assessments with you that help you learn how God designed you, your personality, your gifts, your strengths. And then we think, man, how can the kingdom of God be brought to heaven through the gifts that God has given, brought to earth, through the gifts God has given you? And we come alongside you to help that become a reality. So, church, if you're interested in going through Kickstart, please scan the blue card in front of you. Let us know by signing up. Or you can sign up on the sheet in the lobby. But we'd love for you to go through Kickstart. And the beautiful thing also is at the end of those three sessions, you're also eligible to officially become a member of BCC. The second part of our strategy is community groups. This is our language for small group discipleship. This is how we grow together in community. So these are gatherings of people, a small number, anywhere from 5 to like 14, 15, 16. People who are getting together to intentionally journey deeper in the way of Jesus together. So we say it this way. Here at BCC, we have community groups that meet on Sundays at 8.45, starting February 4th, and throughout the week at various times and locations. So not only do we have the options happening before church, but we have groups meeting throughout the week, and we would love for you to be a part of it. So typically, we have two types of community groups. We have community groups that are doing sermon-based studies, meaning they're gathering and discussing the sermon from that week. And we also have study-based groups. So they have gotten a curriculum approved from the staff, and they're going through a specific study together. We actually have a booth in the lobby where you can learn about open groups and even, hear me out, Tell us that you're interested in starting a new group. We need that. This is truly our greatest need, is more people to say they're willing to start groups. So church, if if we are not growing together, we are missing the bulk of the joy and hope of being Jesus people. And so as we journey deeper together, these community groups are one of the ways that we go on the journey together in a meaningful way. 
John Wesley, one of our theological forefathers, uh, he was really ahead of his time when it came to discipleship and the way that he practiced it as a leader. And he was known for, in his sessions, he would ask every person, how goes it with your soul? And that just embodies the hope of community groups, is that we would come together in a safe space and we would say, how goes it with your soul? As we journey together in faith, as we're hearing the word of God on Sunday mornings, what is God stirring up in you and how can we help one another in the journey? It's really a beautiful gift to journey together. So if you think back on all the scriptures that we've read, the hope of the heart of God is not that we simply know things, church, hear that. It's not that we simply know things about God, but that we are transformed as a result of our journey with Jesus. So let me tell you one of my core values, and it is a core value that I'm hoping we will live into as we journey deeper together with our community groups, is this. Life transformation is greater than knowledge consumption. Life transformation is is greater than knowledge consumption. What do I mean by that? This is me stepping into Pastor Jenny. This is my my observation and my conviction, and I'm hoping that it resonates. I wonder if in the church we have tried, I'm owning this as a pastor, way too hard to just shove content If they just get more, 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 surely they will end up holy. And so I think perhaps maybe we have shoved too much too fast to where it never has the opportunity to take root. I feel that in my own life. I don't know if you could testify to that as well, but it's like I'm just getting everything and it never has a chance to really be transformative. There's no space for the knowledge I'm gaining to alter who I am because I'm on to the next bit of knowledge, right? And so in this season, I am really encouraging the idea of sermon-based groups. And here's why. It's not because I think I'm like a stellar preacher, but you know, I'm just kidding. But I think these sermon-based groups force us to sit with a text, Rather than just move on to the next thing, the next knowledge, the next bit of information, it forces us to go, okay, the word of God has been declared. And God has something for us as a result. And so we sit together in these safe circles, in these safe spaces where we can go. Kate, what's God telling you in this? How is your life going to be different? Jenny, what's God telling you? What do we do now? How do we take this text and apply it to 2024? So my plea to you is if you can read questions on a page, you can lead a sermon-based community group. If you can read questions on a page, you can lead a sermon-based group. And so my prayer today is that five people we'll say yes to leading a sermon-based group so that we can get more people into groups. That's all I'm going to say. That's my promo. Promo done. 
And the whole point is this. When you come together around the sermon each week, you say, together we have heard the word of the Lord. Now what? What do we do? And we provide all the resources to help ask thoughtful questions to hopefully help you get at that point. I want you to know I am so close to done. Are you still with me? Okay, good. Just watching. You've got to get rid of that clock back there. It stresses me out. I'm getting close. So our hope is that these community groups would meet on a weekly basis, but we're also open to creative options, monthly basis, or however we could support you to find time in your schedule to journey deeper with a group of people. We get it, life is busy, and so our prayer is that we can all find margins of time and creatively be invested in this journey together. So help us help you. We've got Pastor Stephanie and Shane are at the Journey Deeper booth in the lobby, and they're there to answer questions, to get you connected with a group. They are joyfully ready for you to say, I will start a group, and then they will come alongside, train you, equip you, give you everything you need to succeed at that. So our first strategy, kickstart, our second strategy, community groups, and the third, spiritual practices. So these will be taught throughout our whole journey together in the rhythm of sermons and in your small groups. But what are the things that we must do regularly that shape us and form us? What are the practices that help us practice the way of Jesus together? Some of these you're going to be like, I've been hearing that since vacation Bible school, but they are still good. But so here's some of the spiritual practices that we will be aiming to equip you to practice in your life. Things like prayer, Bible reading, novel ideas, right? Fasting, practicing Sabbath and rest, generosity, service, worship, and the list goes on. So we'll be, as we journey with you and discern with the Holy Spirit, we'll be teaching spiritual practices and practicing them along with you as a leadership team. So here it is, church. As we journey deeper together, we experience the fullness of life God has for us. As we truly begin to believe that God is in the business of setting us free, Together, as we journey, we can experience the fullness of life that God has. As we read in one of those texts, God is in the business of setting us free from that which weighs us down and is setting us up to live God's best for our lives. I'm going to invite the worship team to come and prepare to lead us into a time of reflection I'm going to have Shara throw the vision up on the screen again. And so today, my invitation to you is will you, with me, y'all, I'm in a new rhythm of life too, and I have to find margins of time in my life to journey deeper as well. So will you do the hard thing with me and seek the Lord for what does it look like in this season that I'm in to journey deeper with BCC. To journey deeper in my knowledge and life transformation made possible by the Holy Spirit. What would that look like for us all to say yes 
to that today. Now, I, I feel like sometimes this can really sound like church mumbo-jumbo. Like, come, be in a small group so that we can count you and then we look really good because we got numbers. We got numbers in our group and we're growing. I just want to tell you, I could care less. I just feel so convinced that God has so much for us. And that the world will be better for it. That the prayer that we pray in the Lord's Prayer on earth as it is in heaven is the people of God living transformed lives on earth as it is in heaven. It's the people of God living into the way of Jesus when we interact with our neighbors, when we vote, when we go to the shopping mall, when we go to the grocery store, as we raise our kids. That's how the kingdom of God comes to earth. And so I actually believe that this journey together, this sense that we would be journeying deeper together is essential to what it means to follow the way of Jesus. As we prepare to pray, think of Jesus himself, who journeyed with 12 disciples through every mess you could imagine. And together, those disciples were transformed. Would you stand with me? Pastor Mark and the team are going to lead us in a time of prayer and reflection. The altars are open. I just want to invite you to pray three prayers with me. The first is this. One of my favorite verses. Pray Philippians 2.13, which says, God is working in you. Can we just believe that for a second? God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. That is the hope of journeying deeper. God is making you want what God wants, and then God is giving you the power to do what God wants. So would you pray that over your life? God, give me the desire and the power to do what pleases you. The second thing I would invite you to pray in all sincerity is pray that we would have new community group leaders. Not only so that more of you can participate, but we're growing, y'all. People are coming, and so we need groups that have space for new people to join. Amen? And the third prayer, oh, this is where it gets real. This is the prayer I'm praying. God, help me to find margins of time where I can journey deeper with my church family. Help me in my weekly rhythm to find gaps, margins. Help me to make adjustments so that I have space to invest in relationships and grow together. That's my prayer. Are you in? God, would you come? Speak to us in these moments. And God, we just get pumped about the hope of heaven. That you are in the business of freedom and transformation. You didn't just save us to leave us here until heaven. 
you saved us, and Jesus rose from the dead, breaking the power of sin so that we could live God's best for us in the here and now. And God, we just give you praise that that is the case. And so God, would you come and speak to us in the stillness and the quiet of this reflection time as we worship you, speak to our hearts. We want to know the shepherd's voice so that over the noise of everything else, your voice is the one that stands out. We love you, Lord. Speak to us. It's in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.